<laughs> How are we running out there tonight? <laughs> yeah. Well, I am not running good. Show up at my LGS and I'm playing like a bag of shit. Oh no! All my decks are from the last decade, so they're playing like a bag of shit. Go for lethal, miss by one. OMG, that is just my luck. Look at the standards and say, What's up, you useless fuck? Are you playing what I'm playing? Yeah, I haven't had a top deck in the last nine days. Staring at the ceiling, waiting for this losing streak to go away. But it won't go away. I'm not really feeling like I'm gonna win. Tell me how you're playing. Will I play like shit? Playing like a saggy, massive bag of shit. A big old Jandor saddlebags full of shit. Oh shit. All day. All shit. I'm not really feeling like I'm gonna win. Tell me how you're playing. Will I play like shit? Mufo, huh? do you play like shit? Tell me, do you play like shit? Oh yeah. yeah. Miracle, what? do you play like shit? Tell me, do you play like shit? Oh yeah. Death Shadow, huh? do you play like shit? Tell me, do you play like shit? Oh yeah. Sea Stomping, what? do you play like shit? Tell me, do you play like shit? Oh yeah. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? It's going well, and with me as always, Vito Thorn of the Descros. How's it going? <laughs> I've got Lord Soth over here behind me. Yeah, okay. So can, you tell me, can you tell me about this new spoiler that looks like a, a Dungeons & Dragons magazine cover and why? what exactly is that frame that they went with? What is that? So, yeah, okay. So, what's this? Den of the bu uh, Bugbear? Den of the Bugbears? Yeah, so there was a, uh, I want to say it was like earlier today that we started recording. We're recording on Tuesday night and it was spoiled, I guess, earlier today, yesterday. Yeah, I think it was spoiled this morning. Spoiled this morning and yeah. it's a new card from the Dungeons and Dragons set, but it's what I guess is the showcase frame, but maybe it's a specialty frame. I'm not sure. I mean, I love everything about this. I don't know what it, what kind of frame it is, but it seems like I've saying to you before, it seems like they're just making design choices that are like Zach Clark, empty your wallet. Like, I love this. I think it's, it's great. Like, it's just Super weird. Like this is so the the frame is the old modules, like the the boxes that uh, these these things used to come in. So this is either the front of basically a magazine that would be like uh, there we go, got one right here. It's very much like the front of one of these, but oh, like sure, obviously yeah. more more art. Uh, th this is a first edition uh, thing, or is this is like a second edition thing. Dude, um, Dungeons and Dragon do use they use the papyrus font. Oh, yeah. Gross, oh, right? Wow. You, you know the new <laughs> business when they use the papyrus font. Yeah, dude, they're on it. Um, so uh, so this is this is basically the box set or the or the module that you would that you would uh, get get with this. This is probably I don't know off the top of my head if this is actually a Dungeons and Dragons module. It looks like one. Um, and the art is definitely like of that style. But like, I don't know, Jeff Easley is probably a current artist that came up with a very old school looking D&D &D art style mm -hmm. there. I love it. It's, it's very Larry Elmore. Like I, I loved Larry Elmore. Like uh, that's that's the guy who did like all of the cheesecake art from like second edition. Uh, it, it, most of this, this is probably Larry Elmore behind me. I'm I'm not positive, but like he did a lot of the second edition art, and he's he's a super awesome, just like very iconic artist. Anyhow, um, so let let's read out the card. It's a land, and it says if you control two or more other lands, Den of the Bugbear enters the battlefield tapped. Tap it to add one red mana. Then you can pay three and a red until in turn, Den of the Bugbear becomes a 3-2 goblin creature with a, with uh, whenever this creature attacks, create a plus one, uh, create a 1-1 one, one goblin uh, creature token that's tapped and attacking. It's still land. So they just put goblin rabble master on a land. This is a man land. So here's the interesting thing, Phil. Like, you know, we talk uh, in our chat, like a lot of times we'll talk about um wombo combos and stuff like that and you'll try and get me off of them uh you succeed most times you know when we we're talking about a tavern swindler or tavern guy or whatever and the elk, I, will, I, I, will just preface, I will preface that i'm not trying i i never block yeah yeah no you're just ideas. giving me good advice i like. I, I, <laughs> I just say i anytime we have a uh uh like we're not on board with the same combo it's usually because it's a two card combo that doesn't actually do anything and needs a third card payoff. Yeah. We never talk about what that third card is. 
because we're like, oh yeah, we'll just have it. Well, that's very so rare. Here's, have it. here's the thing. Here's the third card. You want you want to get infinite mana? You can pump it into this guy right here, and it's a land. So you're probably gonna, you know, like it's not it's a uninteractable for the most part. Wait, wait, what uh, do you mean? Wait, wait, wait. You have infinite mana. It's not like you can activate. Oh you yeah, can, like turn this on. Oh, you can. Wait, okay, so you can turn it into infinite Rabble Masters and then it'll make infinite tokens? Yeah, it'll see each uh, different time that, that you've, it you've done you've done this and it will have that ability each time. Okay. And then you, you see, attack now, infinite. Now, Masters. now I get it. See, now, see that's, 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 <laughs> see, Zach, that is good deck building. Yeah, so like, I, you know, this is a card you would probably want to play in there anyhow. It's not even legendary. It's not even legendary land. So like, well, you can put four of these in, into the deck. The other thing too is that this is oddly a um, land that incentivizes you to put it into a faster deck because it comes into play untapped if it's your first or second land. Yeah. But if it's your third land, it comes into play tapped. Weird so that it's like it, if it's your third land, it comes into play tapped because that's not how the like chrome, the chrome, quicksilver chrome or whatever, you know, you know what I'm talking about, dark slick shores, the, those things, yeah. black cleave cliffs. They're, th they're the third land, uh, but if it's the fourth land, it comes into play tapped, right? I think they're, they're, they're mixing things up in that it can be a fast land, but it's a fast land for only one color. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, it, it's it's switching things up a bit. Sure. I think also um, it makes it so that in the late game, your land can't be a blocker. So if it comes into play tapped, you can't animate it to block. That, that was the only thing that I could think of as to why they would make it, uh, they would uh, come into play tapped later on. Yeah, I mean, minus the fact that, like, just sl slotting this into every red deck, like, as a no-brainer. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, like, if you want a mountain, or you, you could play this instead in, in standard. Like, you know. This um, feels like a very uh, good land to just add into your very low-to-the-ground mono red deck, and then if you ever flood, you have a sink. I, I just want to say something real fast, too. Uh, so if we look at this card, the art on the card, um, over here. So uh, yeah. So uh, you get, uh, it's a dungeon module R12. I'm, I forget what R12 means, but that, that's like probably like the 12th one of this, of this particular type um, that came out. Uh, Den of the Bugbear, sure. An adventure for character levels 17 through 20. Dude, bugbears are not that high, like that high level of a creature to fight in D&D. In, uh, &D. So this, this module must have been out of fucking control. Yeah. Bugbears are basically big goblins. Do you think that there's going, they're, they're going to do that? When I saw the 17 through 20 thing, I was like, is this going to be like a level up mechanic? No, I don't. I mean, I, I don't think it has anything to do. It's just, it's you know, uh, I, I unfortunately don't have any any modules like that because uh, I, I never buy modules because I'm not that kind of dungeon master. Do you think um, that, that part of the card is just part of the the frame it's yeah short. i mean that's like that's that's a buying thing like if you're if you're uh, the the dungeon master for all you people who are not grognors uh dungeon master is the guy who runs the game uh if you're a dungeon master uh and you're buying a module to play with your crew you can look at this and be like oh my crew's like level 17 to 20 and that will work for them like it won't be too hard for them to play but it'll give them a challenge you don't want to buy like a level 14 thing for your level 17 uh people because then it's just too easy they won't have a very big challenge what are the odds that in the dungeons and dragons set there is a mechanic that allows you to become the dungeon master a la oh, i would love it and you get to dictate some term of the game i would love it but i don't i, I mean i i honestly like they should do something they should nod to the dungeon master somehow and they've done that in the um the secret layers that are coming out, they nodded to the OG like uh, D and D game or D and D cartoon, and the dungeon master is in one of those things. Also, Bollywogs, great, I love that too. That's uh, that, like if you're if you're a D and D cartoon guy, comment below. Like that's you you already know what I'm talking about. But um, I I I think that uh, you know, there's just so much that they can do with this set to like nod to to D and D. It, it just feels like the dungeon master thing is not part of magic the gathering in any way shape or form it's the one thing that, in in truth it's the one thing that separates dungeons and dragons and magic is that like you don't need someone to run it for you 
Um, so the dungeon master is somebody who runs a DD game but isn't part of it, right? Yeah, you're the you're the guy telling so you're the guy telling the story, doing all the rules, you know, uh you you play all the monsters, you know, when people it, it's it, all the NPCs, you're everybody but the player characters, right? Yeah, like okay. as like if you uh if you're a dwarf wizard and Nate is an elf cleric, right? Uh, I'm all the things you guys run into into the du- in the dungeon. I have to play all of those things. So if you decide that you, you want to go to the den of the bugbear and you want to like parlay with the bugbear, I have to pretend to be a bugbear. You know, so that's the way, dungeon master. In a way, Mark Rosewater is the dungeon master of Magic. Truly, yes. Uh, I mean, he he is all of the, he is all of the characters. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, this is an interesting card. Uh, I, it. It has that ability to like go infinite. You know, if you're going infinite, you can attack and get all these triggers, which is cool. Uh, Ooh, that's a good question. What do you think the other cards in the cycle would do? Well, I was going to ask. I I I mean, I could speculate as to what the other like mechanic creatures they would pull from that they would turn manlands into. But I was going to ask: Is there other locations similar to the one that's on the red land that you could see them turning? into the other ones uh i mean okay so the black one uh would probably be the tomb of horrors tomb of horrors that like seems pretty easy to just make zombies out of right yeah Those right that action it's probably it's a tomb of horrors is probably just grave titan yeah right like easy um blue i don't know green man uh, i i have no idea silvery moon something like that like this is this is a module so like tomb of horrors is a module a well-known module um and and the problem with that is like most of the modules that i know in D are goblin or undead based because <laughs> that's what you do you go into D, you fight orcs you fight goblins you don't like go into D and fight the elves you know you're an elf generally you know like you're those are the good guys you know oh but that you could Maybe it's uh, Menzo Baranzin, you know, Tomb of the, the the Underdark, you know? I was going to, like, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, is there in d d is there, is there anything, these modules of which you speak, is there anything involving angels or sphinxes or hydras, which are the three big monsters they include for those colors in every set? Yeah, no, I mean, not that I can think, like, so you could do, like, planes of existence. There, there are other, there's, like, the astral plane, and the prime material plane, which is the one we're we're all technically on, um, it's yeah. Uh, we it, it just it, it's so hard for me to choose because if we're going with this, um, you know, the way this is built, it's going to be a, a particular module. Like Tomb of Horrors makes sense. Um, what, you know, what do you think are the odds that we get a module for blue? Comes into play tapped when you have two more lands. But you can uh, animate it for blue, and then it just gains senses divining tops text. Ooh. But you see, you see, it would balance out because if you flip the top, and then you have two more lands, it's gonna come into play tapped every time, and then you can't spin the top, can't flip it when it's tapped, can't be tapped. You gotta tap it. All right, I'm looking. I'm looking up uh, some some old school D and D modules. There's Temple of Elemental Evil. There you okay, go. That, that that seems pretty easy for green, right? Right. Uh, no, no. Temple of Elemental Evil is like blue, man. Very Elementals. blue. I guess elementals are blue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Elemental Evil. Like it's 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 Red Blast, Blue Blast. You know. Oh, 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 oh. I see what you're saying. It's not like it's not it's it's not Vengevine Elemental. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's spells Elemental. I see. Okay. Dragons of Despair for Dragonlance, but we've already got red, right? Uh, you got red, yeah. The secret, the sinister secret, secret of Salt Marsh. There you go. It's like a greenish kind of thing. There's probably a Lizard Man one that I'm like not thinking of. I mean, I a, bet- a, a Salt Marsh makes me think black white, so maybe that. Yeah. Well, Salt Marsh is a black white card, right? There you go. Um, white Plume Mountain looks like you're fighting uh, like griffins or something, or griffins like man- Manticores. Yeah, yeah. Griffins could be white. There you go. Uh, Lost Cavern of Tazakalak. Griffins could, they, they could go white or blue with Griffins. They have done token, um, they have done like drakes and shit in blue. I yeah. get that that's entirely different from a Griffin, but you get it. Yeah. Keep on the Borderlands is another big one. 
but like a lot of these are just like they're red they're red or they're black are there are there clowns in D? &D? there there are probably harlequins but no clowns (laughs) i'm sure there are clowns (laughs) like there are court jesters and stuff you're they're they're keep they're keeping your wallet open by giving you exactly what you want in a DD set and i'm over here just being like give us give us clowns watsy oh man there's some there's some really cool ones like vault of the drow and I'll, I'll put some of these up. I'm going to sa- save these uh, things and pop them up here. Vala the Drow. And uh, you've got like Veiled Society. Some oh. of these are really cool. Is, is there like a, is there one with like, uh, like cats? Cats? Like white, white, white would, would dabble in, in, in cats out of a cave or something to attack you or something as you're going up a mountain? No, I don't see anything like that. <laughs> um. If you had a, if you had a land that could turn into a bane slayer angel, castle amber, so you could have giants, and there could be white giants, right? Giants are in every color. Yeah, I mean they're primarily, the they're obviously primarily in red, but yeah. uh, there's been giants in white. They did that in uh, Lorwyn. I mean, like it would be like a soldier thing. Veiled society would make kind of sense for that. Oh, there we go. Descent into the depths of earth. I will. Uh, I'll save that one and pop it up on screen. Giants that's, are that's giants great. Are in every color. I'm thinking they've. I, I, there was there were there was a green giant in in uh, Eldraine. There were blue giants. I mean, crawl giant is is a giant, right? Yeah, there are giants in every color. Okay, so they're 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 not confined. I don't know why yeah. I immediately jumped to Lorwyn when, when I think of giants. To I think Tomb of Horrors is the is the is the one that like, you know, it, it, that's almost a guarantee. Like that's my Bobby. my guess is is they would do a. Tomb of Horrors, uh, one for sure. That would be black. Uh, that is like that is the meat grinder. Like that is the one. That, like you, it says for characters ten to fourteen, but that just murders PCs. We're going to see a bunch of um, like party is coming back, right? I mean, they haven't confirmed that yet. But... Yeah, I feel like party would you know would be in, but like that was the whole it? point like, of that mechanic, right? Was the setup? Yeah, for... rogue. It's rogue, wizard, cleric. Um, and uh fighter right or warrior yes uh, yeah something like that i, 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 but, I, I um, remember i just remember uh feeling heartbroken when they were like party only looks at each creature for one creature type so you can't have your one mana changeling and then turn to a jason light sculptor and i was like here's oh. here's the issue with party as a mechanic D has well yes it's terrible right but D has like more than four classes right you've got You've got warrior, but warriors actually split into like three different things. You've got like fighters who are just like normal guys uh, that like are good with swords, like, you know, general weapons guys, right? Then you've got, uh, you've got paladins, which are like the holy warrior kind of, kind of dude. You've got barbarians, um, which are like rage-based fighters. And then you have rangers. Remember, Dristorden was a ranger. So um, the way they're definitely going to uh, capture all that is each one is just going to be in whatever coinciding color that is but they're all going to be classified as warriors like a warrior ranger or something like ranger just got added as a creature type yeah um but i i don't imagine that they're gonna they're gonna have too many things where you have to care about you know 90 different subtypes i mean i yeah. guess they could they could I mean, they could they could just go back to some kind of delirium mechanic but i just assume that they were going to go back to party and also um i really want there to be something that is competitively playable in party I don't know how they would do that though, because it already it demands that you have a wide board. But I mean, think of all of the fun deck names if your deck was based on party. Fellowship of the Rings, the deck. It's time to party. <laughs> Let's go party. When it's time to party, we will party hard. Yeah, I want, party I want to play party, party, I want to play party hard. I want to play party hard legacy. Uh, it's it's time to party, party hard, and party till you puke. Is uh, those are all the songs with party in them from the first Andrew WK album. Do you think Andrew WK is going to be the next person on game nights? Oh, dude, I would love to play like EDH with, with Andrew WK, like Andrew WK, Weird Al, and like, uh, I don't know, like the guys from Mystery Science Theater 3000 or something dude, ridiculous. Dude, slide into the DMs. Yeah, dude. That would be... Not, it's not too late. That would be, uh, I mean, that would be, uh, that's our bonus episode for the, <laughs> for the Patreons. <laughs> There, that, that, there you go. We should Mystery Science three, Theater 3000, like old Pro Tour coverage. 
Yeah, I mean, we could do that. I have, I have the OG like on videotape uh, somewhere up here. Uh, Worlds from like 1996, and that's yeah, that did. is amazing because the the guys commentating d- definitely have no idea what Magic the Gathering is. We 100% need just need to get some puppets. I'll get a Chaos Harlequin puppet. I don't have any puppets. I was gonna like be like, okay, here Dude, we you go. Need a, you don't you don't have, you don't have your crow uh, <laughs> T robot. Yeah, you don't have, you don't have those. No, no. My wife has a dragon. What do you think? What do you think? Crow and uh, robot and the what? What deck? Tom they Servo play? and Crow T Robot. <laughs> what do you think they would play? Yeah, uh, Tom, Tom Servo is a is a is a is an all star name right there. Yeah, Tom Servo is definitely uh, he's definitely a control player. He's playing servos. He's making yeah, servos. Yeah, well, yeah, or servos, obviously. obviously. Yeah. Um, Crow Crow is is pure chaos. Like every, he flips coins. Uh, oh, so he's like he's he's storm he's storm bro he's storm crow yeah storm crow perfect yeah and then and then like you have your different hosts you've got joel you've got mike uh you've got jonah and i think that uh they just did a i i just gave like a hundred dollars to their patreon for the next like 12 episodes um and they're doing uh they, they have a new host a female host so it's their first female host they um, were they were doing um shows at the playstation theater in times square dude they're so fun have you ever been to a lot li- if you yeah, haven't I, I, been to a live show for mr Theater 3000 you're missing out it's a blast. I, I i went with my brother and we, we we saw the show and it was this weird you know the yeah it's horrible like, movie from like the 80s or something and everybody's roasting it nobody has any idea what this movie is and it, and it was funny it was funny to see a lot it, it was more so i found myself laughing because everybody else was laughing at stuff yeah than like the actual thing so it was just like the environment of everybody laughing together that was that made the thing yeah they're, they're it's just super entertaining it's also weird like crow had legs right everybody had legs no it's so weird i hated it the, the, the weirdest <laughs> thing was there was like there was like the the giant puppet um that almost looked like um the 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 plant from uh, oh yeah, that's uh, that's Gypsy. Gypsy, that's it. Yeah, Gypsy was the weirdest on stage because it was just like this this weird giant snake. puppet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that one was obviously the worst because it was also like the most difficult one to maneuver, right? Yeah. So they, you know, I mean, they did it. It was fun, but yeah, that's yeah. Those those are great. If you haven't, as as a listener, if you haven't seen Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand Live, you should. Uh, if they're doing it again, I don't know if you know, like you. Know, it, who knows with the pandemic, like after all that stuff has gone on and the OG, uh, with their next step and they're like redoing new, they're making new episodes. So like, there's a lot of production going on for that. Yeah. They make new episodes and the OG episodes also still hold up because it's oh, they're so exactly good. the same show. They're, they're roasting the same, the movies from the same era. If, if I can, if I can say to check out one, like there are two to check out. There's Mitchell. Mitchell's great. Super fun. But Santa Claus, not Santa Claus versus the Martians. Santa Claus, which is a Mexican, uh, a, a Mexican cinemas production uh, about about Santa Claus and the kids from all the different countries, uh, but it's just insane. It's so and it's so much fun. It's like my favorite thing to watch on Thanksgiving. It's just so much fun. Um, and, and you can hear my 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 cats in the background are also very hyped. To yeah, watch, to watch some <laughs> Mystery Science Theater two thousand. So it's great internet cat on. content. Um, so we should talk about your your week in legacy. I my <laughs> so I blast. I, I, I feel like I, I want to be a man of the people here. Uh, I just don't know if anything I say, at least for this week, as we're, as as everybody is still piecing together MH two. Man, leagues have been tough, dude. I have o five and one four so many leagues in a row trying to make painter work. Because I'm like, well, you gotta play. You gotta play with one of the MH2 cards, right? Because they're all busted, and it's very clear that Legacy, as we knew it before MH2, just doesn't exist anymore. And MH2 is now just all of the Tier One decks. So if you're in Bant, you're playing Endurance and Abundant Harvest, and if you're in Delver, you're playing Ragavan and Dragon Rage Channeler and Murktide Region. And if you're anything else, you're playing Urza Saga. And I was like, well, all right. If these are the new pillars of the format, just one set comes in and just replaces everything. All right, I'll play with some Urza Saga, right? I, I'm, I'm a man who plays with some trinkets. I know what's going on. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to play with Urza Saga. I found these Painter decks. I really like Painter because, you know, you get to assemble your contraption and it still feels competitive. 
And I was like, okay, I saw some, I saw a bunch of people. They were like, check out this list, just five owed with it, totally sweet. Urza Saga is insane. And then I play with it, Urza Saga is totally insane. The problem with it though is that it's, it, 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 I just, I'm a bad, I'm bad. <laughs> I'm bad as the. So what you're saying is you were the spirit animal for this week's intro. It was, it was, yeah, <laughs> man, it was it, 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 the last, like, my last five leagues, I'm like, I'm just like, oh, five in all of them. I'm like, I'm talking to like Marcus in a chat and he's like, dude, I've been crushing with Callblade. I'm just casting squadron hawks and, and destroying noobs. And nobody knows what's going on. Just people are forcing willing my squadron hawks, can't beat it. And I'm like, dude, I want, I wish that was my experience, <laughs> but I'm just like getting Dark Ritual Doomsday killed you. Yeah, I mean, that's no, that's no good. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I think that like there's still... One thing that I, I've been paying attention to a lot that I notice I have done more and more in recent uh, sets being released. Like, I want to say I've been doing this for like a year or so, where I'll actually just go and look at the modern meta. And I'll see what cards are excelling in modern. Because so many of the new cards have just kind of replaced the paradigm of what works as like what you can do at a competitive level. Yeah. That when you you can look for synergies that they're using in modern that may not be getting an, a a good look in legacy just because you're already priced into certain cards that are are fundamental to legacy like force will and shit. So, but I'll, I'll go over to modern to see what synergies and what tech is being used there to see if there's anything relevant to port over into legacy that hasn't been explored yet because people are still focusing on like the ground level of these new cards. And uh, some of the stuff that I, I saw was. Um, as all, all the Asmora cards, Asmora cookbook, those decks are exploding in modern, right? Asmora Martica to Stina Koldekar? And Asmora Nermartica to Stina Koldekar to you, sir. So all of those decks in, in modern, there's green-black versions and blue-black versions and, and, and green-black, I said that already, but there's so many different versions of it right now. The red-black versions, I mean. So there's a bunch of different versions of that deck and they all just play the Asmora cookbook combo, Urza Saga, as you would imagine, and then they fill out the rest of the deck with like a bunch of powerful cards. But I saw an Asmora uh, deck that was also playing Thought Monitor. And so it was kind of combining the, the okay. engines of okay. the Affinity deck that was doing well early in the season and the Asmora um, engine between Cookbook. And then they added in things like Oval Chase Dragster. And so Oval Chase Dragster with Cookbook, it's like you just make a food and you put it right back into your end. So it just turns, you just get a food every turn. Okay. And then another card that I thought. But what was, are they doing with the food? Like what? So I I have no idea how this deck works. Aside from that, it makes a bunch of food. But like, so what are you actually doing with this stuff? Obviously, as as more than Marika Dyson and car can can cash in on that food because it can just make things kill themselves. Yep. But the other thing that uh, decks were exploiting, and this is where I found this is the, the stuff that doesn't work in Legacy is the is like the very synergy based stuff because you just get dazed and delved out. Yeah. But. Um, other things that they were doing in those styles of decks, they were using uh, Academy uh, mana, mana Manufacturer or something, the three mana one three, that every time you make a, a, a food clue or treasure- instead You make you another make one, one right? Yeah. You make one of each instead. Oh, you're making one of each, okay. So if you make a treasure, instead it will just give you a treasure plus a food plus a clue. So you'll just make one of each for right. every single time that you would get one of those things. So it's just a way to spam a bunch of permanents that happened to be artifacts onto the table and do a bunch of things. And so there was one deck that I thought was really interesting. It was playing Academy uh, Manufacturer, whatever that card is. Uh, it's Academy something. I know it's Academy something. Uh, but then they were playing it with Lonus, the new uh, Simic legend, that every time a non-token creature ETBs, you investigate. And so they would curve Lonus into the Manufacturer, and then that would spam a bunch of artifacts because the Manufacturer would come down, trigger the Lonus, you'd make three tokens, and then you would just continuously expand your board from there and then the way that they paid off those tokens aside from the fact that like you can use them to draw cards and make mana is or stabilize because you have food is they would play it with time sieve and just start taking infinite turns because the that manufacturer would just make so many tokens every turn that you could just convert it into taking infinite turns and i was like maybe there's something to i mean i don't think loneliness is necessarily good enough because it pushes you into simic it means that you really need to base your deck around non-token creatures. So that's very elf ball-y. And, you know, elves obviously doesn't need any help. But I was like, maybe there's something to this one three for three that seems innocuous, 
but it's possible that if you're abusing cookbook that you could just turn you you could just like elevate your cookbook into something that is a lotus petal a card and and a food every turn and maybe there's some synergy there so like i've been trying to expand into places like that but then every time i try an idea like that i just get dazed so yeah i, I i'm trying to figure out where to go with it so my my experience and legacy for the last couple of weeks is uh congratulating Marcus on crushing with Callblade, wishing I was more like him, and then going and 5 ing with Painter. How's okay. your experience? Um, well, I've all I've been doing is opening packs. Uh, You've been crushing my, though. I saw your 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 polls were pretty sweet. Yeah. So so it's it, okay. So like quick M MTG finance kind of thing. Uh, I bought uh, I bought one of the collectors collectors deals. Right. Remind um, me how much how much the collectors deal is. It was. It was three hundred dollars, but you like make two, that back real quick when you pull like you know foil fetches and shit. Well, th here's the thing: is that the cost of fetches has gone down drastically, right? They will go um, back up. They will. They will. So, like, if you're playing the long game, you you get these after this goes out of print. You know, like the price of fetches is going to go back up. Exactly. Gra you're, gradually. You're talking to a miracles player. I only know how to play the long game. Also, heads up, I I got rid of all this stuff, so I actually need. Uh, these cards. Remember, I sold. I sold my, I do remember, almost yes. all of my stuff. In fact, I, I think you got you got a pretty sweet deal on some fe uh, on some vaults and some. Uh, no, no uh, I, I, I bought a trop and a tundra off of you, and then it. So so for, when, for a song, when, sir. When when Zong, <laughs> when when Zach was was moving to Philly, he like was unloading a bunch of his collection to pay for a chunk of that move. And was it a chunk of the move or are you putting a down payment or something? The plan was to put it on a down payment for a house. That didn't happen. And we were like, let's rent first in Philly before we decide to buy something, which was definitely the better idea. Like if you're going to move to a new city, rent first, figure, figure, figure out, out where's yeah. where good. Yeah. So he, so he was picking up money towards that move. And, uh, you know, being the, uh, as more Marco Dicenina called the car gentleman that he is, he was like, hey, uh, Eternal Dirtles fellows, would you like first dibs at these duels? And I had not yet finished out my trop or my tundra set yet. I was one short of each. So I was like, yeah, I'll pick up a trop and a tundra for you, uh, from you. You help me out. I help you out. Seems like it's a, it's a good deal. And then like two weeks afterwards, oh god, trop and tundra, like all the blue duels just like shot up an additional like 150 bucks or something. Dude, I, I took a bath on what I got rid of in like CE power and duels the whole thing everything skyrocketed after like to three times the price the only thing i have left from my like og like good stuff is like i have assigned uh uh under underground c which i'll i'll just keep that's fine uh, and i have like uh a plateau and a savanna and uh those those are all like fine they, they went up um but actually the thing that's the craziest is i had i i ended up with two uh abysses the abyss uh in, in italian that nobody seemed to want um and then they, they went from 250 dollars now they're like two thousand dollars a piece which is cool <laughs> well it's interesting right because it's two thousand dollars a piece but you also need to find a buyer yeah i'm not i mean i'm not even selling those right now like those are yeah. just like i'm i'm back to a point where like now i'm building my collection up again and so for for you know i say that to say this I actually need the duels. So like buying this and getting like, I think I got like five or six duels, you know, like. You mean great. fetches? Yeah, it's fetches. Sorry. Yeah, five, five or six fetches. Sorry. Yeah, they haven't reprinted duels yet. No. Yeah. Uh, one day, we hope. Uh, but yeah, like, and, and you know, like foil, foil duel, uh, duels, foil, foil uh, fetches and stuff. That's cool. You know what we really need with all these new frames? You know, they gave us, they gave us old border frames in these new fetches, but you know what we really need? We need fetches with the swirly text box the same way that the duels have yes give us swirly yes text box that would duels, be sick fetches give us like the give us that real old school old give school us look. what we want <laughs> um but yeah so i mean like moving the, the, the goalposts every time they give us what we want at the end of the at the end of the day like i think that for if you want if you want cards certainly the collector's thing is is cool um, and I think, I think I got like value, like even value, like at one point people were paying $400 for, for those things. And now they're like 300, they'll probably drop even further in the coming weeks. And if they go to 250, I'll probably buy one more just, you know, for whatever. And, and then I also bought a set booster. 
Um, and so this is the thing. If you're like if, if you're like me, where you're not paying constant attention to the products that they're putting out, like I was like, what the heck is the difference between a booster box, a set booster, and a collector's booster? Which is why I bought a collector's booster and a set booster to see what the difference was. And the set booster is like the same. You're getting like in some in some packs, I was getting four rares. Like it's wild. So like the the value is in set and and collector's edition stuff. Uh, because the collector's edition, you get like a bunch of rares. Like I got like I don't know some like thirty rares in the collector's things, twelve packs. You know, I mean it it, it is nice that they can just arbitrarily choose what they want to put in each yeah. thing because they're literally printing paper. paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't, I mean I don't know. I, I I say all that to say this. Like it's it's definitely a rich man's game. I'm not a rich man by any stretch of the imagination. I just had a little bit of extra cash that like I was like I'm gonna treat myself. It, it was my birthday last month. I'm going to put it towards like the next, you know, master style set that they put out. Um, I feel like I got my value out of the, that stuff and, and, you know, I'll get rid of the stuff that I don't want and, you know, break even ish, I suppose. But um, yeah, as far as like what I've been doing with magic in the last few days, is just theory crafting. Like I'm trying to decide what I want to play uh, off of mana traders, like, you know, figuring out that and then, and then starting to, uh, you know, grind it out on moto again. And I, it's tough because like there's just so many cool things to do. I'd like to try a, like a Grixis style like control deck with um, uh, Gaia drone, uh, but like I feel like, you know, maybe it's not the time. It's not the time to be getting uh, destroyed by Rug Delver and stuff. You can't play that grinder game right now, right? It's so uh, Gaia drone. Aside from being a four mana walker and not brainstorming and sure. also not winning immediately on the spot and also not invalidating every axis of play that your opponent has the way Oko did. Yeah. So aside from those problems, yeah. uh, it also doesn't really help that Delver has at least 12 run drops that hit really hard. And the other uh, playable fair deck right now has a three, four flash beater that doesn't really care about your uh, guy drones. Uh, and you're not playing uh, green. So like, you know, if yeah. you want to play a control deck, why are you playing Ur Uro? Green green right. has all of the green has all of the good. It, it's it's pretty much like green has all of the action when it comes to a good control deck now between Ice Fang and Uro and Endurance, and then you are priced into Source to Plowshares because that's the best removal spell ever. Prismatic Ending is the best removal spell other than Source to Plowshares ever printed, and uh, then you're just playing blue for like your cantrip suite. So. Yeah. Like your your power is coming from the green cards, your stability is coming from the green cards and the white cards, and then you're just trying to piece them together with the blue cards. That's, yeah, that's pretty much where it's at. So it's like I, to not be playing green, you're just handicapping yourself. Yeah, that's the and that's sort of an issue for like so you know like all even like endurance obviously is a thing, um, and and that's good because it's turn zero interaction with reanimator decks, which could could be powerful. But I think that there's just so much turn zero interaction with them right now, especially because so many people are playing endurance. And if they're not playing endurance, they're obviously playing uh, surgical extraction. And then like there's Dothy, uh, Dothy Voidwalker exists. And then there's uh, uh, Invex Sanctifier, Sanctifier Invex or whatever. So there's a lot of graveyard hate right now for that, for those sort of strategies. Um, I just feel like, if I were to choose a deck to play right now, it would be Infect as like, you know, as a Dark Horse deck. Infect, um, just because I don't feel like, I, I feel like there's not enough removal uh, in the turns that you're trying to do the thing that like are going to stop you, right? Rug Delver plays, uh, Daze is technically removal and, uh, and Bolt, right? They're days, not really days, days is technically not removal, but I know what you mean. <laughs> you know, like it's gonna stop you from, from yes, playing yeah. your guy, you know. Yeah. Um you know what you need to you know what you need to play an infect. Hmm. Ragavan. Yeah, I mean you could, right? No, I th when we like were playing play uh, I was playing uh what's it called for a hot minute, um Renin Six in, in the board. Yeah, Renin Six uh, picking up your ink mob nexuses is pretty hot. Yeah, here's a quick question for you before you tell me how you would build infect right now, because I'm actually curious because I am looking for literally anything that can get me a win on, on the board. Yeah. Um, regular Ragavans right now, at the time of this recording, 
are listed at 65 bucks. The borderless version is listed at 80 bucks mm-hmm. a piece. Obviously very expensive. What is the point where you buy the dip? Where, 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 is, where is the uh, mark where it dips to a certain point and you, you buy in? So, so I have no Ragavans right now and I've been asking myself this question, right? I think if I can get Ragavans for 40 bucks. So 40 pop, is your threshold. I pop off 160 and just get them, right? Yeah. This is dangerous though. It's, it's only half dangerous. If they do ban this card, because it's ubiquitous everywhere. Like every deck that has red mana is playing this card, right? Like even, even some decks that shouldn't be playing it are playing it. For example, uh, Sneak and Show is playing it. Like, Dude, you know. One, one mana ramp your mana is really good. Yeah. So look, look the, and, and to say shouldn't be playing it, you just wouldn't traditionally think a 2-1 two, one, one beater would be in uh, a combo deck. But like it's, it's lending itself to that deck just fine. Um, so I don't know. Like I think that the, the danger is that they could ban it, right? But you still have it in uh, Modern, which keeps the price up. Like even if they ban it in Legacy, it's not going to make the price drop that much. Uh, after they ban it and that was the case with Ren and Six and I got rid of my Ren's right like right after they banned it and they didn't drop that much in price and I think Ren's price has only gone up just a little bit you know I'm I'm still upset that we didn't see like a Ren in this like I want more story man that guy's my boy yeah dude you got I mean you you got got, seven Ren and eight I've lost many games to Grist like they they did do justice to that Planeswalker it's so I was looking up um Dakin, the 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 Planeswalker Dakin, that car's going for five dollars. Yep, I have one somewhere. That I I get that the card has seen no play so far, (laughs) but it's just so it's just so wild. Five dollars is that your MTG Finance windmill slam for the for the show, dude? Do you know like Jay like a pirate Jace, the three mana Jace was more expensive right after that set was released than Dakin is. Pirate Jace. Yeah, I mean that might be the card. Pirate Chase does. Pirate Chase doesn't do anything. So uh, I, I was, I was talking about this with with some friends, and uh, you know, we we're talking about you know, like what is the card, right? The, the, every set has a card that like everybody undervalues, uh, and then like a couple months later, that's a forty dollar card. So it was Hexproof Drinker or Hex Drinker, uh, yep. in in uh, MH one. That card, I, I think I got four of them for like seven dollars, you know, like a piece. Right. Um, I picked them up and I still haven't ever played with them because by the time things were happening, uh, no, people hadn't even decided, well, people weren't even deciding that they were, they're going to put that card in there. There was a lot of like, Oh, I don't think it's good enough. You know, like it honestly, like the card's great, but, um, I think that maybe Dakin will be the card like this time around, or, um, there was like one or two other cards that I was looking at that I was like, nah, maybe this this could be the one. But there's going to be a card in the set that ev- everyone doesn't realize is, is amazing, and it's probably going for like six bucks right now. Let me let me look real fast. I'll tell you which I, one it is. I I think that the reason that Dakin hasn't found a home at all yet is because if you're playing the control deck in the format, you have to be in green. There's just too many draws to green, so being in Esper doesn't really pay off. Yeah. So d- I think the, the, I the think advantages of what you get in black versus versus green when you're trying to be a control deck, you're just like, do you want life gain? Green does it better. Do you want threats? Green does it better. Do you want disruption? Green does it better. I think Gaia Drone is 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 cheaper, by the way, and and is definitely a card that if we see green drop off a touch or we get some tools to make Grixis good again, which it won't take a ton, you know, th- like over the last two years. The power shift in color and colors has just been so wild. Well, green is getting green has gotten the part of the color pie that's competitive. Yeah, you know, like they're getting the the bane drifters and the cheaper disruption and the cantrips, right? Like yeah. they just got abundant harvest. So they have made they've pushed green into the the areas that like blue used to be the best at. Yeah, I mean. You know, I'm not, I, I, I'm not mad. I'm just mad that like it happened after I saw all my duels. So I want, I want to take a a, a, a quick beat. So forty is, is your thing for Ragavan. I, I want to uh, just talk quickly about the inclusion of Ragavan in decks that otherwise it makes it doesn't seem to make sense in from you know 
historical perspective, like putting Ragavan in show and tell. And normally the, the idea behind that is you don't put cards in your deck that would otherwise leave your opponent's removal in game one dead, right? So you don't, in show and tell, there's no other targets for like their swords to plowshares or their lightning bolts other than this Ragavan if you put it in your deck. So my question is, historically that used to be true, right? You're not putting Tarmogoyf in your, in your show and tell deck because it's out of plan. It doesn't help your deck do what it wants to do. And it's just going to trade with the removal that you otherwise would blank in game ones. Yeah. But have the threats gotten powerful enough that that trade isn't even worth it anymore. So like putting Ragavan in your deck, the, the trade-off is it trades for removal, which buys you a turn, right? Because they have to spend their mana equally trading for your mana. And you're looking to just get through the first couple of turns without getting like wasted or something to then kill them. And if it doesn't find, if they just don't happen to have the removal, then you're just paid off so insanely that the whole heuristic of, you know, don't put creatures in your deck because you want to be able to get, you know, uh, virtual card advantage by blanking the removal. It just doesn't, like that is a thing of the past. What do you think? Uh, man, I don't know, man. Like, so it, I, uh, just thinking on what you were saying at the beginning of that with like decks that traditionally shouldn't play Ragavan, but, but do, right? Because Ragavan was also in Miracles. Yeah, well, this is miracles. what I was thinking is like, even in Infect, it's just fine. Like if I hit my opponent's removal spell, like that's one, that's that's a removal spell he didn't get, right? Do you remember you were playing um, uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist in Infect, right? For like a day. I didn't like Before it. Or got banned. No, I didn't. I just didn't like. I, I still not a giant. Well, here's the problem with with it. In in fact, is that invigorate costs three. Right. It, it's right. like it doesn't like you know to make it work, and then you gotta like it's just not worth it. Um, but uh, I think I think where Ragavan is is great is that like getting the extra mana is obviously great because then you can do other shenanigans. But um, if you hit any relevant card in in, in fact. It's just, it's just great. Like, oh, I'll throw another threat down. Like, you've got to kill my Ragavan, obviously, but then you really want to save that removal for my infect creature. So, like, what are you going to do? You know, like, it, it creates pressure where there's, where there wasn't pressure before. And I think that's what that, that's the thing about that card is like, yeah, do you want to, do you want to take out, side out your removal for uh, counter spells against show and tell? You do normally, but not if they slam a Ragavan on turn one. Especially if they did it in the first game, you don't even know what to do. So, so, I mean, tell me if I'm hearing you correctly. So, you're you're in agreement with me on the idea that the, that the paradigm of like virtual card advantage by blanking your opponent's removal just doesn't exist anymore, or or is on its way out because the threats are so powerful now. Yeah, I mean, you don't get like the only the only card you get mana advantage. You don't obviously you don't get card advantage. You get mana advantage for killing your opponent's guy, right? Your opponent plays Tarmogoyf, you kill it with Fatal Push. You've gained a mana, right? Like, that actually used to matter at one point. Now, now like, the games are different. Like, you're going, you're either going long because you're a uh, Uro deck, or you're stalling your opponent out with, like, Rug Delver or whatnot, or you're comboing them. Um, and it's just, like, the the, the threshold of, of uh, disruption that you, you're paying for for removal versus what you're getting off of like your opponent tapping out for a turn, you know, in a world that's full of days as well. I don't know. Okay. Is this idea a pipe dream of Phil just trying to be too cute or okay. is this a reasonable trajectory for where uh, Ragavan decks are going to shift to continue to power up their Ragavan? So I have found it seems that you are either in the camp that I am in, which is Ragavan is a stupid busted and it's great everywhere. And then there's the other camp of it's very good against specifically these decks and none of those decks have creatures in them. But the second they put a blocker in the way, your 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 Ragavan's not going to do anything. And to that I say it's time for the Royal Scions to make their legacy entrance. Because giving your Ragavans Plus two, plus oh, trample and first strike is quite good at making Royal sure you Scions. continuously deal combat damage to your opponents with your Ragavan. I don't know. I mean, I that's tough, man. 
That card is. That card so was they in can the shoot. same set as Oko. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, and they the can stats shoot, on it are insane. Right? Is it? It's it's a three. It, it's a three mana four loyalty planeswalker. It's been so long. Let's it's, put it up. Let's put it up. Put it up. <laughs> uh, I, I, I will look it up right now to make sure that we have the correct. I, I so I played um, when we, when Pioneer was a thing. I got it right. I played uh, a bunch of uh, Arclight Phoenix because who doesn't want to catch Treasure Cruise, right? But I was playing a much more controlling. I wasn't playing like the, you know, everything discards and it's all madness. I was playing a much more controlling version with like a bunch of Brazen Borrowers. And I was on four Royal Scions in my Arclight deck. And it was amazing because Arclight, uh, it, it, it was the perfect uh, bridge between like your fast starts wanting to get your Arclight down and fueling your treasure cruises. It was delightful. I loved playing with the card. So, All right, so Royal Scions is uh, one, a blue, and a red. Five, loyalty. Uh, plus one is loot, draw and discard. Um, plus one is the trample, first strike, and uh, plus two. And then the negative eight uh, is draw four cards, and then uh, you hit somebody with the damage equal number of cards in your hand. So it's a lethal ultimate, right? nobody's recovering from that probably i mean you shouldn't if you if i draw four cards and do four damage to you that's that still probably very over if, yeah. if, if you draw what what that functionally means is the minus eight you didn't is get rid of my cards. guy you, right? you draw four for cards and kill their, yeah you either draw four cards kill their best threat or you kill them right yeah so it, it, the ultimate is just game ending but i feel like now that this it, it's it's a three mana walker it's not competing with the Oko space. Sure. And the, the, I always knew that the way to make that car, this card work was you have to be able to cash in on the plus two plus O trample first strike because three mana the loot, you just have Dak and Dak does it better. I mean, right. you're not, you're not incorrect. And especially if you have, uh, you, your, your turn one was play the guy and then you got in once, like you're going to play these guys on turn two and still have a mana if you get in. To, to do something else with. And now it, it makes it so uh, if they put a blocker in the way, it, it, the, the science yeah. is f functionally removes that blocker on you uh, if you cover your Ragavan. I'm sorry, I screwed up that. You're going to play this on turn two if you get in with Ragavan. Right, yeah. Yeah. But so I'm, like, I'm boom, like, turn two, got it. And then the next turn, like you're, your opponent's in trouble because you're, you're either going to have selection to get rid of the, his blocker or you're just going to make it a four- one trampler so I first strike like usually what happens is once delver has uh, adopted its best form right like it, it is once a new set comes out everything you know shuffles around delver assumes its position as the best deck like it has for the last 15 years after every single thing has happened of course um that then the way that what, what then the delver uh decks have to start building to beat each other and usually the way they do that is you just go slightly bigger, right? So it's like when the Delver deck started playing some number of Uros to like beat up on the mirror, then they moved yep. into Clothis to like beat up on the mirror. And they, they just went more mid-rangey to beat up on, the, on the, the lower to the ground versions of themselves. And then they were just better, right? You have the same tools yeah. except I have more power. I mean, do you guys all remember when I was like, let's play Hooting Mandrills because you can't abrupt decay it. And also it tramples over all of your opponent's creatures. If you're Delver, it's like the best part of the mirror. And you know, I think I, I I don't I mean Royal Scion still dies to to Pyroblastum and that, but when the conversations are like, yeah, I think you need to be playing more removal in your Ragavan deck, or you need to be fighting over the creatures a lot more often. I think the Royal Scions might do work in that it's another potentially game-ending threat that you can get on the cheap and uh also can just invalidate creatures because plus two plus oh like if your Ragavan's coming in as a four-power first striker, yeah, you're going to need to put a lot of uh, power in front of it to survive that, so it will trade. Not to mention, like let's 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 play this game. Your opponent kills your first Ragavan, right? You you end up getting the Scions down on turn three. Turn four, you yeah. dash in Ragavan. You slant. You uh, give it the plus four plus zero. Oh, bam! You drew a card. You could even then recast Ragavan the next turn. Uh, Your turn. You know, well, it'll bounce back to your hand at the end of turn or at the end of combat. How's dash work? You're right, it's end of turn. Yeah. Um, but you know, or you could just cast another Ragavan after that. Like you're getting 
you're getting that value. So like, uh, even, even if you have to kill your own guy, you just got another card, you got extra mana. Like, I don't know, man. I think, I think that, um, you might have, you might have meat here with this, uh, Royal Scions. I, it's something that I want to try. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I, I don't enjoy playing Delver style decks, but I think like the people who have moved away from Ragavan because they're like, Oh, I don't like that. It's swingy in the matchups mm-hmm. that I get that more often than not, the correct answer is if something doesn't do it on its own, don't try like trying to fix the thing or fix the problem that you have. If it takes a lot of work to do so, as opposed to just moving into an avenue where everything just does it by itself. A la, if we cut Ragavan and then all of our threats have flying, then we never have to worry about creatures on the ground. But I think that Ragavan is powerful enough, particularly on your turn one starts, that like the power discrepancy is worth keeping. And so I think the move of experimenting with Scions is the only good idea I've had in the last 25 years. I mean, perhaps. Perhaps. So also, um, Doomsday is unbeatable. It's tier, it's tier zero. Uh, if you're not playing that deck, you probably should be because uh, can't beat it. You heard it here. Not first, but you heard it here. You heard it here. That's you heard it here. That's eternal dirtles. You heard it here. Yep. Well, um, I don't know. I think that's a good place to stop for now. Uh, it's 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 a transition period. We're having a uh, rebuilding year, and uh, and I think uh, yeah. You know, we're, my understanding, at least from my experience playing a bunch of moto, it seemed like everybody has like settled into what are the the best cards, and now people are like toying around and. The proper the build, refining right? Refining of decks. We're, we're we're no longer in the trying decks. We're in the refining stages before we get you know the next set to roll in. So as those things start to refine and you start to see a more stable, like here's what stock versions of lists look like, then the ideas of something like Royal Scions, where you could target something specifically, uh, can be a a, a, a real a, a strong power play for to like surprise somebody by. Um, so that's where I, that's where I think it's at, but. I agree. I think it's a, a good spot to, to wrap it up for now. Uh, let us know um, if if you guys have thought of anything else along the lines of Royal Scions. I still don't know what I'm going to play for the Legacy Pit Open in September. I thought I was going to play Painter, but I've been struggling uh, making that deck happen, like getting any amount of reasonable win rate. So uh, throw throw ideas to us because uh, I'm looking for them. Uh, but un- until then, and, and that's more of the Marduka Dice going to call the card to use, sir. Right, right back at you. Have a good one, everybody. Ah, you're a monster. Hi, I'm Force of Phil. I can build all your cards and still. Cast a drill. Copy it ten times like I'm a silver quill. Shadrix thinks he knows me. Elder dragons get so lonely. All his high fantasy show me whimsical ways that we're homies. But he hasn't found out that there's a bounty around. All of the ink that's abound. If I jab a pin in his mouth and then I let him bleed out and wear his skin like a crown. Period to the abyss of the monarchy that's now bound into my arteries. Part of me feels like a cross between artistry and a plot to peel strawberries. Fruits of my labor are honestly harboring hate for the modesty. I inflate as a posture like I'm not a shapeshifter imposter and evil who's obviously a monster. We're like evil twins cause we only copy monsters guns are fucking dumb but you're still up in our crosshairs we don't miss our triggers like some chalice playing fraudsters they're not in our league while we're winning they all drop it send us to the pros where we gobble up some sponsors copy and they close on zd becomes a cosplayer cozied up in robes that can only fit us monsters call us monsters if i'm fisher i'm boggling if i'm urza i'm cobbling if i'm car i'll be wishing it's staring bridge that be stopping them look like emily i'm locking them in the red zone they hide Echoing eons and arrows, whip on the dead sacred dragon. Secret lair them like cave, baked on a vampire stake, flaked with the blood of a dragon that's been bleeding for days. In case of the sense of a library, exchange our hopes with anxiety. Think of the throat like you're violently trying to boast a new dynasty as a monster. Soul. We're like evil twins, cause we only copy monsters. Guns are fucking dumb, but you still up in our crosshair. We don't miss our triggers like them chalice playing fraudsters. They're not in our league while we're winning, they all drop there. Send us to the pros where we gobble up them sponsors. Copy and they close on ZD becomes a cosplay Cozied up in robes that can only fit us monsters Call us monsters I'm like Dog my son so you can all now call me Crick 
Offer wrecks your face as if a melish Norning gifts some given to the living Swimming in stormy conditions for a distance That if you counted in minutes time would have to walk to finish And run the risk of slipping on the sticky liquid Exhibited in their ribs and requisite a physician To extinguish their injured position With exquisite stitches sifting lipids Through many incisions pitted in divots And slither wispy fringes between ligaments Squishing blistered withered bits of ren and six In a syringe and pins of the stiffness of a strix That stripped and nipped twitch the tree of perdition And the algorithmic indifference of tennis your quandrix who wanted Shyrix to listen to his opinion that his lack of precision was the linguistic equivalent of the desperate Vavamachian fiction written in hieroglyphic inscriptions by a stringent vicious villain twisted as a wiki tricking sickening sadistic monster slotting your alma mater valedictorian charters and auditorium of otters and lobsters bothered by trauma cauterized by the gore of their fathers who dropped them for a whore and a dollar who's glorified only Killers killing it, willing and chilling a billion civilians and grilling their children like chicken that's thickened with fixings and mixed in with pickles and skittles that skips with some nibble and quibble and lick up the drizzle of simple yet sinful spittle that trickles from the tip of this ribble and shriveled bristles that signal your skin to frill and prickle like a visceral monster. We're like evil twins cause we only copy monsters. Guns are fucking dumb but you're still up in our crosshairs. We don't miss our triggers like the chalice playing fraudsters. They're not in our league while we win and they all drop this. Send us to the pros where we gobble up the sponsors. Copy and they close on ZD becomes a cosplay. Cozy up in robes that can only fit us monsters. Call us monsters.